What is up, everyone? This is Greg Jansen, host of the Game Time with Greg podcast, and today it's all about the trade deadline that happened on Monday in Major League Baseball. I'm going to give you my thoughts on it and tell you the winners and what I liked a lot and what I didn't like for moves. And today it is all about that, and you're going to find out a lot more than what you had bargained for. It's been a while since I've been doing this, so I'm doing it back in the saddle again after a few weeks. Had a lot going on lately, but we're going to get to it right now. So, here's a question I have for you. Father's Day's in June, right? Well, no one told the San Diego Padres that it was a three-day affair in August. And it's four days a year. San Diego Padres were busy at the trade deadline, trading for Trevor Rosenthal first. And that it's rare to see a team like them have problems with the bullpen. Because for the years, San Diego, their strength has been their bullpen. Before all these other guys came up. And when that happened, that made things interesting. It's like, okay, that's the first piece they're going to get. And they traded one of their outfield prospects to do it. See, all these trades for San Diego, all of them made sense, and they gave up a lot of top prospects, but they are sniffing playoffs. And we're going to talk about them sniffing playoffs here more after I talk about all these trades they've done. Then they went out and traded prospects for Mitch Moreland from the Boston Red Sox, and that's a great bat to have. He's having a solid season for his age 3-4 season. He, he's always been a solid player. Very underrated with the glove. It's amazing he's been around as long as he has already. And that's another good bat to get. Then, just when you think San Diego can't do more, they keep doing more. They trade a minor league reliever to get catcher Jason Castro of the Angels. Oh, you thought they were done? They did more trading for a catcher. They got Austin Nola of the Mariners... And they gave up several top prospects for that, including infielder Ty France, Luis Torrens, and Andres Munoz. So, more from San Diego. And then, they added the big fish out of all the guys that they got. They got Mike Clevenger from the Cleveland Indians. Everyone knew Mike Clevenger was going to get dealt. It was no secret Cleveland. And this trade to me means two things, one for each team. This just solidifies that San Diego is in it for the long haul, what they want to do. Because when you have Fernando Tatis Jr., Manny Machado, the pieces that they have, you need to be in it and in it fast. And, and in this trade, they gave up Austin Hedges since they already had two catchers. They gave up Josh Naylor. They gave up Cal Quantrill up. And here's the name Cleveland got back in return that's not getting talked about a lot. They got shortstop prospect Gabriel Arias. Why do I mention him? I would not be surprised next year at the earliest he replaces Francisco Lindor as shortstop for your Cleveland Indians. I think in the offseason... Cleveland will 
trade Francisco Lindor. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But he has one year left on his deal, and it doesn't look like they want to give him a big extension to him. And that right there, getting him in that trade with a team with a good farm system, that could be the part where you see Francisco Lindor be gone real soon. I really like what San Diego did. They're saying, the Dodgers, we're not afraid of you. It's the top two teams that play in the playoffs. We're going to make sure one of the, one of the top two that win, that are in the playoffs this year, since each of the top two teams go in the playoffs this year, and they want to make sure they're in the top two for the foreseeable future, if that's the plan for the playoffs, if that's the plan for the wild card. They want everyone to believe they're for real for the long haul. And that's something that they needed to do. And I thought they did a great job with what all the sources they got. Hopefully it works out for them. It'll be interesting to watch following them going forward with all these pieces they trade. How they'll do with chemistry with these guys. Two new catchers. These pitchers are going to be throwing to. You got... So... It'll be interesting to see how they all... Get along with each other. Team that I really liked at the trade deadline. I mean, everyone is talking about how great San Diego did. I absolutely loved what the Toronto Blue Jays did. I absolutely loved what they did. Because Toronto has Ryu as a starter. And they needed pitching. Because they have that Tanner Pearson who's going to be a stud He's already on his way. But you need more innings eaters. And they traded to get Ross Stripling of the Dodgers, who is probably the odd man out in the rotation. They're one of the teams loaded with rotation pieces, and he can be a rotation starter right away. And when they got for him, they got Ross Stripling from the Dodgers, which is a very good piece. And then... It's been for the last three years, it feels like, and then people go, is Robbie Ray going to get traded or not of the Diamondbacks? Is he? No. Is he? No. Mm -hmm. And you look at his stats, he strikes out a ton of people, and you're just wondering, okay, um, so is Arizona going to keep him, or what are we going to do here? And he finally gets traded. Robbie Ray gets traded to the Toronto Blue Jays, and that was a nice give up by them. I really like that because Robbie Ray is a strike thrower and he has a great presence. And those three could be very dangerous potentially together. And then they also traded with the Marlins to get Jonathan VR. And Jonathan VR is a great piece to get because you don't know when Bo Bichette's going to return, the stud slugger for the Blue Jays. And... Jonathan VR is a great piece to add to that. Because he can fly on the base pass. He can be versatile for you. He can play just about anywhere. He has a proven track record. He's a good player for you guys to have. Speaking of the Marlins, I really like that the Marlins went all in after they did that trade, and they traded for Starling Marte. The Marlins outfield so far has not been hitting the way they'd want. And the Marlins needed an outfield presence, maybe to show the guys how to do things. And Starling Marte is a great acquisition, also from the Diamondbacks that's headed to the Marlins. 
Now, the Blue Jays have a more recent track record of making the playoffs, but the Marlins getting a key outfield bat that they needed and the Padres going all in with all their trades that they did is great for Major League Baseball. Great. Now, I know the popular thing is to trash fan bases by not having fans and all that sort of stuff, but this... The Marlins have not made the playoffs since they won the World Series in 2003 when Josh Beckett threw that complete game to win the World Series against the New York Yankees at Yankee Stadium, retiring Jorge Posada for the final out of the World Series. The Marlins have not made the playoffs since 2003, and right now they have a legit chance of making it. They do. And they haven't made it since 2003, and the San Diego Padres are doing all these trades. They haven't made it since they got eliminated in the first round in 2006 against the St. Louis Cardinals. So you got two teams in an extremely short season pushing their chips in, going, we can do this. We can make some noise. And you know what? They can. They can. The Marlins have, even though they're scuffling right now, they... They have some solid pitching, and that solid pitching will help lead the way for them. And then you got San Diego, who has the most exciting player in the major leagues in Fernando Tatis Jr., who we've talked about on this podcast a couple of times, as you all well know if you're a subscriber to the Game Time with Greg podcast. Also... You have Manny Machado, who is still one of the best players in all of baseball. You have a World Series champion at first base at Eric Hosmer. Even though he's out an extended period of time, you have Tommy Pham, who always plays with He has a chip on his shoulder. And if he's able to return this year, you know he's going to be motivated to go off. And you know you'll have a motivated Trent Grisham, who made the error in the wild card game last year between the Brewers and Nationals, who is just hammering the ball. So, Padres, they have some guys that are motivated to do things to make noise. And you know Mike Clevenger of going to San Diego, he's going to flat out say to him, hey guys, right on my shoulders, let's go. And you know he's, after him breaking COVID protocol, you know for a fact he's going to be motivated to get that off his memory bank for people to remember him by that way. San Diego is a legit contender. I liked what Toronto did. I liked what the Marlins did. I was really, really surprised that the Yankees, with all the injuries that they're dealing with, did not go after anybody. I thought they'd get another pitcher, too. That didn't happen. That that really surprised me. Because they're without Glaber Torres right now. They're without Judge and Stanton. And the Rays just keep winning. The Tampa Bay Rays just keep winning. And I think it's, you can argue, even with the attendance issues they have, I know certain people go to them as many times as they can. The Rays might be the best run team in baseball right now. 
outside of maybe the Dodgers, maybe the Cardinals. But but in the American League, you could argue that the Rays are the most well-run team in the American League. There's a culture there in Tampa Bay. You either get it or you don't. And these players that are playing for them, they get it. They know their role, and they are excelling in that role. And the ones that are excelling in their role are all in. And that's why they are where they are right now. I was very surprised. I was very surprised to see that Texas did not trade more than what they did. I mean, they traded Todd Frazier back to the Mets. They kept Lance Lynn. They kept Joey Gallo. And then we heard yesterday that they said this offseason into the next year, they plan on cutting more payroll. Now, I know there's no fans at games in the major leagues right now. We all see the cardboard cutouts, the stuffed animals, whatever there are, they are there. But what message does that send to your fans that there's going to be, that you're going to trend the payroll even more? There's no direction in Texas right now. None. Zero. Nada. Zilch. Zero direction. And what does it say that you, this is your first year of your new ballpark? That you have no fans. I mean, that, that part, they, it wasn't their fault with the pandemic. But when fans can finally go to that ballpark, what does it say when you flat out say, we're going to trim payroll even more? Fans are going to want to go to that ballpark. They're, they're excited to check out their new ballpark. They're not going to want to see a losing ball club that has nothing to offer if you're going to send out statements like that. Fans want to go to a ballpark to have a release, see a winning team. I, I don't know what's going on in Texas. I mean... I like their rotation at the beginning of the year. But now it's just Lance Lynn for pitchers like that rotation. There's no hitting really in that team. It's just they're broken down there in Texas for a team. They're broken. And telling your fans flat out, out that you plan to cut payroll even more in this and most of the time when teams open a new ballpark, they spin, spin, spin. The Rangers don't want to do any of that. That's hurtful for their organization, for, for fans of the organization. That's very hurtful. And that direction is something that will be hard for the fans to overcome. When time comes to go to the ballpark, when fans will want to go, how long will it be before that actually happens? Because you have the new ballpark, you have the stars, but Texas is doing it in reverse. You have the new ballpark, you're trying to get rid of the stars. So in the offseason, we could see Lance Lynn gone, even though everyone thought he would be gone. Everyone in their cat thought he would be traded. And I thought Joey Gallo would, could get Dell. I mean, I have stopped saying batting average is the precursor on how you judge players, but Joey Gallo can hit the ball a long way, and I'm sure there's a lot of teams that could 
have gone after him. I thought three teams that would be a good fit for him. The Braves DH is a mess. It's just been that. I thought the Cardinals could go after him. The Cardinals need another offensive bat. They'll probably wait until the offseason. But if there's a season to figure out what you have with your minor league system, this is the year to do it. So, and the Cleveland Indians. But now with the Cleveland Indians doing all these trades, maybe they don't want to, and get, getting what they got, maybe they don't want to do that. But that's just an interesting course taken by the Texas Ranger. I thought that was just interesting. So, also, I forgot to mention with the Toronto Blue Jays, they also got Taiwan Walker. That was another solid ad. But he's had control issues so far this year. But maybe a change of scenery will do him well. So they got three starting pitchers. Good for Toronto. Another. So those are the teams that I was questionable on for what they were doing. And it made things just a I mean, I thought this was a great... I thought this was not, not a great trade deadline, but a very good one. Like, I'll give it a B-plus-ish grade. Like, I, the, I, the best trade line in recent memory was 2015. Let's be real. That was probably the last good trade deadline. 2015, 2016, something around there. I mean, this was nothing like the hot stove... Where Scott Boris got a combined billion dollars for all his players. I mean, it's going to be interesting following these teams at the last month of the year because there's no waiver deadline. This is, we're not, this, if you're listening to this now, it's September 1, the first and f- day of September, and it's the last month of the regular season. Normally, you have at least two months with these new guys. You have these g- new guys, and you're going. Full throttle, as we said, it's a sprint. And by the time you get used to people's knowing each other, you're probably already, the season's probably already complete. So if you're going to win, you need to do it fast. So. But it was a good trade deadline. It wasn't a over the hill, amazing trade deadline. Teams that you normally never see do things to try and win, who haven't the last several years, like the Marlins, the Padres, the Blue Jays, even though they have a more recent track record, as we said, of winning, it was good to see teams like that go after it. Because it's... You want to see these teams that don't win as much see what they think they can do for making a run. So. That's the trade deadline. Some teams will say getting a player back from injury, that was like trading for somebody. But in reality, is it? If you know what the player you're getting is. All out. Maybe, maybe so. But there was 
a lot of other names, like we said, Lance Lynn, Joey Gallo, Josh Hader, all three of those guys were talked about possibly being traded. That did not happen. But it'll be an interesting offseason for the guys that did not get traded if they'll get traded. I mean, we said Francisco Lindor did not get traded, but with that trade they did with San Diego for Clevenger to go there, like I said before, I could see Mr. Lindor being traded in the offseason. Not saying it will happen, but I can see it happening with them getting a top shortstop prospect for him. There are some people that are flat out saying, oh, Cleveland, what are they doing with the return? But you know what? I actually like what Cleveland got in the return for a club in here. They got potentially their shortstop of the future. You, you got a left fielder, and that's been a weakness for hitting. Cleveland turned out just fine. I mean, I'm if you're a Cleveland Indians fan, even if you lose your star player, you should not really be worried about your future a whole lot, even if you have to go into rebuild. Because this front office has proven that they can find pitchers in just about any round. There's only a few teams I trust getting pitchers anywhere. There's about five of them, and the Cleveland Indians are on that list. So they should be fine. So thank you for listening to the Game Time with Greg podcast. I'm your host, Greg Jansen. And I hope to have one out again next week. And I thank you for your time, as always. It's great, great to be back with you all. And for this podcast, I am out.